Nothing more kick-ass than a kick-ass blues riff. You got that right, Buff. Yeah. Welcome to Biff and Buff Action Radio. I'm your host, Biff. And I'm your other host, Buff. Tonight, we have a special show for you. Get ready for the series premiere of Dark. Our story begins with Captain Trip Nakul. Kick-ass name, check. The sun has burnt out. Kick-ass overwhelming odds, check. He and his spacefaring crew are all that is left of the human race. Humanity's last hope to kick ass? Motherfucking check! Time for action. Bring it on, Extinction. Bring it on. My name is Captain Chip McCool. My crew and I used to have homes and families on planet Earth. Our mission was to survey the possibility of cometary travel. For you laymans out there, that means travel by way of comet. But I forget myself. There are no more laymans because you're all dead. In case there are any survivors from the lost deep space excursions of 2177 out there and you get a hold of this recording, listen up. The year was 2392. The sun was beginning to turn into what is known as a red giant at an extremely accelerated rate. Earth was heating up and scientists estimated that the Earth would probably be consumed within about 40 years. I was 16 at the time. In order to shift the Earth's orbit farther from the sun, it was announced that Project Big Ass Rocket would begin immediately. A big ass rocket was built in the middle of the Sahara Desert. It was so massive that it actually replaced the Sahara. Unfortunately, we made the mistake of leaving it on 24-7 when it was finished. It therefore went nowhere. As soon as the Earth rotated on its axis, all progress was eliminated. We soon tore down that big-ass rocket and began Project Lots of Rockets. Countless rockets were placed strategically in the oceans and deserts of the world and all over Mexico. As soon as the rocket sensed daylight, it turned on so as to push the Earth away. It was now 2399 and appeared the project was working, but not fast enough. Being the son of the president, I volunteered to head the cometary travel mission. This was my planet, and I was bound and determined to see to it that my planet be partially evacuated, thereby saving the human race or die trying. The nearest comet was about a light year away, and we were now capable of building small spacefaring crafts that could travel a fifth of the speed of light. The mission was a complete smashing success, but by the time we got back to Earth, it was too late. The sun had expanded even quicker than expected and was now a full-fledged red giant on the verge of supernova. Computer, open up the captain's log. Yes, Commander. Do you wish to view an old entry, Commander? No, I simply wish to make a new one. Very well, Commander. Signing you on. Captain's log number 2700. It's been nearly seven and a half years since I left on this mission. Until now, it has been completely successful. About three hours ago, our solar energy scanners spiked and flatlined, and it was then that we lost contact with Earth. Donnie is in the docking bay preparing for a spacewalk to check the extent of the damage. As vital as it is that we get home immediately, we will have to temporarily slow course. We don't know what's out there right now, and if Donnie was struck at this speed, well, he would be Astro Jenny. Captain signing out.
Hey, Captain, it's Donnie. Uh, I don't know what's going on, but the sealers in the docking bay aren't really functional. We're going to have to rely on the probe for now and hope for the best. If force comes to worse, uh, we can just stop artificial air production, put everyone in a suit, and temporarily depressurize. That's fine, Donnie. Using the probe, we don't have to worry about slowing down. So we'll all keep our fingers crossed up here. Sounds good, Captain. Should I go and operate the probe, or do you want me to call Janus out here? Could you repeat that, Donnie? It broke up for a second. Sure thing, Captain. I said it sounds good. Uh, and do you want me to go ahead and operate the probe, or, or do you want me to call Janus? You can go ahead and operate, but let me send Janus down to supervise. I understand, sir. It's an expensive piece of equipment, and we're going awfully fast. That it is, and that we are. Will there be anything else, Captain? Yes. Quit sucking up, Danny. You know very well that I'm going to make you work maintenance, whether you like it or not. After that string cheese incident, you're lucky I didn't leave you behind in the asteroid belt. Yes, sir, but with all due respect, sir... Shut it. I don't care. <laughs> yes, sir. Janus, would you please come over here? Stupid prick. Would you please turn off your mic, Donny? Shit, sorry, sir. You're forgiven, but please watch the language while Janus is around. Yes, sir. I hope you realize that I have about the filthiest mouth of all of us. I do, but it's just so much fun to screw with Donowitz. Yeah, I guess, but... Captain, this is Morris. We are receiving a delayed transmission from Earth. Shall I patch it through? Go ahead, Big Bear. I thought I told you. I do not like being called this Big Bear. So please cut it out, comrade. I'm sorry, Boris. I don't know why I keep calling you that. Now, Janus, get on down to the ducking bay so you can supervise Dunny. And computer... Yes, Commander? I'd like to prepare another message for Earth. Thank you to Kevin McLeod. Your musical provisions for tonight's cast are much appreciated. Yes, without background music, Dark and other similar radio tales wouldn't be half as awesome as they currently are. So keep up the good work, Mac. And now, back to our program. Are you ready to record your message, Commander? Not yet, computer. First, I would like to listen to that message from Earth. Can you play it through the ship's intercoms? The crew likes to hear some friendly voices from home now and then. Yes, Commander. Playing message now. We did the calculations. We had them all correct. I know we did. I know and we if did. there was one misplaced variable... No. There was nothing misplaced, damn it. It was perfect. I know it was. And how do you explain what's happening? I can't. No one can. Is that thing recording us? Yes. Yes, thank God it works. Listen up, Captain McCool. If you get this message, turn back. I repeat, turn back! Are you nuts? That's one of seven ships available to evacuate this planet, you moron! But it's the only ship within safe distance from the sun if the coolant burst fails and it goes supernova. Captain, if you get this message, turn back! The sun's rate of expansion has increased inexplicably and exponentially. We have six frigates, 17 battle cruisers, one supply vessel, and a warship evacuating now. They're going to be placed on a course to intercept your position upon detonation of the coolant burst injection that we have prepared for the sun. Unfortunately, an unusual form of radiation has fried all jump drives within an AU and is burning out global radiation shields. You and your crew will have to lead this fleet to salvation of the human race. If the fleet does not survive, 
If the fleet does not survive, you will have to resupply elsewhere. With luck, you may be able to find the intergalactic space station that was built in 2157. It, along with many vessels, was lost in the helio sheet during early deep space exploration, but it still carries many vital supplies. Most of them should still be viable. Some of those lost ships might even have some reserve fuel that you can salvage should you manage to find any of them. Is that trip? Are you talking to him? No. Communications are failing. We're simply recording a message, sir. Then let me say something. Yes, Mr. President. Son, I'm sorry the last time you were going to hear me is through a damned recording. I'm even more sorry that I'm not going to be able to join the fleet. But I have to be here. My symptoms have only gotten worse since you left. Even if there were space for me on one of those frigates. I love you. Your mother and I will be looking down upon you from the heavens while you continue your journey. I know you'll do us proud. From all of us here on Earth. Godspeed. Godspeed, son. End of message, Commander. Marcus, did you catch that? Loud and clear, sir. Do you want me to slow course? No. Prepare a jump for Earth. Sir, a, a jump that is fewer than 15 light years in distance is unstable and unpredictable. We could overshoot into the sun. We could randomly jump into a black hole. Hell, we could rip through this fabric of space and carry into another dimension. Just do it. Sir, even if the jump is success, you heard the message. The radiation is frying all jump drives and shields. We won't be able to jump out, and there's a chance we'll all die in the process. You have your orders. Yes, sir. Donnie, evacuate probe protocol immediately. Crew, prepare for jump. Shutting down comm lines, Captain. Retrieving the probe, sir. Cutting main engine, sir. Shutting probe bay and finishing maintenance checks. Shutting course, sir. Janus, have you done this before? Only one person has done this before, Captain, and, uh, they're dead. Pinpointing now. Well, uh, maybe they're not dead. Maybe they're in another dimension like Marcus said. No, sir. Their ship was seen jumping toward a comet. It reached the comet, but spontaneously combusted. So it does work, then. Setting pinpoint. Things are getting tense. Yeah, nothing better to ease that tension than a little commercial break to thank our sponsors. That's right. Take a load off, then get right back up and kicking with a can of Dapper Donkey. The energy drink that ends fatigue like a kick in the balls. That's buns. The energy drink that ends fatigue like a kick in the buns. And boy, does it kick hard. Dapper Donkey. Kicks like a mule. Tastes like an ass. Is everyone here? Everyone except Marcus, Captain. Yes, but he's in the drive, core. Should be safe in there. Strap in, everyone. Should I go ahead and prepare the jump, Captain? 
Yes, Marcus. Any idea how long it'll take? Initiating now. We should be within 30 kilometers of Earth's atmosphere in about 27 seconds. Hear that? You better take your seat too, Captain. Shut up, Danny! You shut up. Excuse me? With all due respect, if we die because you're half a brain, I don't want my last words to be yes, sir. Got it? Nice answer, spaceman. Thank you, sir. Keep up the good work. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, damn it! Jump was a success, sir. Let's just hope we don't blow up now. We're alive? That's right, Danny, we're alive. Now it's time to go save Earth. And who do you propose we save, comrade? This ship does not have much room left to accommodate, and I do not believe there to be any more beds. Computer, what is the male-to-female ratio aboard this vessel? One-to-one. What type of specialist would benefit this ship the most, computer? Who do we not have? A historian would be beneficial to the preservation of human history, should you deem this important and or necessary. Yeah, the pyramids were cool and all, but I doubt the aliens will care. A geneticist and or biochemical engineer could prove useful in the prevention of foreign disease and development of both cures and immunofortification agents. Hmm. Definitely don't want any space chlamydia. A botanist might be able to identify edible plant life on foreign plants, as well as cultivate fruit and vegetable life on board. No, I hate vegetables. All other forms of specialists necessary for space travel are on board, apart from a military expert in the unlikely event that intelligent and hostile life comes in contact with the crew. Why would we need a military expert while I'm on board? Then again... Might be nice to have a second opinion if it comes down to it. It's settled. We'll request a military expert and a biokinesium hemisphere... Biochemical engineer? Yes, that. What if the geneticist? Is she hot? There is more than one geneticist on Earth, Commander. Captain, we have a problem. We're not going to blow up, are we, Marcus? I'm lowering the titanium debris barriers. Take a look out the windshield. Please tell me I'm not staring at the red planet with Jupiter in the distance. I thought you said we'd be within 30 kilometers of Earth's atmosphere. Earth's! Yeah, about that. Uh, we're lucky to be alive after an unstable jump, Captain. Quite frankly, I think I'd rather be flying away from Earth and toward Mars than into some alternate dimension where uh, titanium is liquid and water burns your face off. Turn around, would you? We need to start heading in the right direction. Yes, sir. How long until we're within range of the inner space combuoy? Well, Mars and Earth are currently in alignment on their closer orbits to the Sun, so a couple minutes to do. I fear that we will be in range of the radiation, though, once we pass Kambui distance. If radiation is as bad as they say, our protection drives will burn out in a couple hours. Because drum drives are so sensitive to UV radiation, they'll burn out as soon as protection is gone. Uh, I suggest everybody get out some sunscreen if we're, uh, if we're planning on staying long enough for that to happen. Nonsense! We've all been locked up too long. We could use a good tan. 
Might be the last one we ever get. That's what I'm afraid of. He is everybody just sitting around. Captain, you should really take a look outside. Sweet, lumpy gravy! That sun is huge! Comrade, I am detecting ships on the radar. There are 25 and there is still great distance between them and us, but they are fast approaching. Something doesn't feel right. Marcus, hold position. Captain... <laughs> Time for some shameless self-promotion. If you're in the mood for more than one kind of action, check out my new movie, Blown in 60 Seconds. And if you're just in it for the explosions, you should check out my biography from whence they came. Ever since it came out, reading is no longer for wimps. But wait, that's not all. If you decide you still need more, Learn all about how Biff and I saved the world in our even newer movie, Biff and Bob Save the World. It's in theaters forever. Trip. Trip, is that you? This is Commander Chase of the Ultimont. What the hell are you doing here? I'm here to rescue as many souls as possible. Then this is no time for heroics. You'd do better to turn back. The sun's about to explode. But we can still help. Actually, Captain, we can. The Earth is being swallowed by the sun as we speak. Expensive. Visual. It's impossible. Unless it's about to explode. Your job drive still works. Get out of here while you can. We can't. Because of exponential gravitational expansion, we would suck the sun with us through a wormhole if we jump now. We could potentially destroy everything in creation. Damn it, Trip. Why the hell did you come back? That's my planet. I won't let it go without a friend standing watch. What happened with the coolant injection? It never happened. There wasn't enough time to rig the damn thing. Are you sure about that, Chase? Oh, I bet why not. Then why is the sun turning blue? Would you care to repeat that last bit? Did you say blue? Yes, a very bright blue. Well, that can't be good. I guess this is the What's going on? What just happened to the communication line? And the lights, for that matter. Comrade, look to the sun. It is getting darker. Captain, we're running dark. All systems functional, but offline. We have a couple days worth of air, but we need all hands to work manual overdrive so, so we can get her running again. Marcus, I'm glad you ran to tell me this, but be quiet. You're witnessing something that nobody else ever has. What an exciting end to the first episode of Dark. 
The sun may have gone cold, but this new series is hot. Stay tuned for more tunes. Future episodes will be sure to feature more exciting music and many unforeseen adventures in the black void of space. Believe me, you never know when a mutinoid will attack or a fluffy death cloud will try to wrap its welcoming wrathful arms around your ship. So until next time, you cravers of action. You wieners, too pansy to go out on your own adventures. Whether you hunger to be a hero or you really are one, I buff. And I biff. We'll continue to bring the action straight to your radio.